It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Monday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Monday edition. Booner, welcome in. It's always fun to have you in here. And uh, a Monday after a long weekend where we had sports, I mean, it's 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 like we're back. Yeah, it was a shot of uh, normalcy there. A lot of fun. I mean, uh, w- you know, we could go on – we can name winners and losers for three or four days here. It's just so much fun seeing that. It's funny because you know it's when when I when I laid that topic down, I was like, well, you know, this will this will fill a little bit of time. But then as I'm trying to like dictate it, I'm sitting here and I'm going, well, if you take out that third round pick, this team was the best. If you if you take out if you're just counting the first three rounds, this team's the best. So I tried to do a body of work. I tried to put it together in, in that fashion. But, uh, Boone, it, it was a fun weekend. And, and honestly, I thought it was pretty creative how they were doing it. You know, we talked a little bit about it Friday. But as the weekend went on, uh, it almost got back to some sense of, of what we were used to seeing. There was there was guys that came on that were former players to announce the pick and different things. They just did it from their home. Yeah, it got more entertaining as we uh, went along too. Uh, Goodell, man, he—I like seeing him sweat. I like—I like seeing him. He—he's not used to really being uh, to not being the big dog where he walks across the stage. You see him trying to give air hugs to people, and did you did you <laughs> see? Did you see when he sat down there? When he sat down on the, um, he had like a little chair there, right? And he's sitting down, right? And, and I'm like, I'm like, this guy is trying to be cool because he had, you know, he'd started with the jacket and the suit and then he went to the sweater. Well, then on Friday night, he had like a little quarter zip, but it was kind of about a half size too small. And so I'm just like, huh, it just kind of shocked me a little bit. And, uh, and like I said, every now and again, he'd come back from break and he'd be just like slouched up right there. And I'm like, this guy's trying to be cool. And I don't know if anybody listened to the uh, to the Facebook live videos, but if you did, uh, Jeffy Mack was pretty uh, pretty insistent on the fact that he left the lid off that candy jar too much. Did you see that candy jar next to him? So he was really partaking of it. Oh, it was like low time we were done. Like it started out, it was either Skittles or M and M's. We couldn't make out. So he needs a lot of sweets to give him energy. It seemed well I, to give him energy because he likes them. I mean. I, I like a lot of candy just because I like them. I don't need <laughs> I don't need the energy, but um, but no, I thought it was a pretty good weekend. You know, like I said, it, it almost gave you a sense that things were back to normal because you were, you, you know, between that, between you know, watching I watched another iRacing racing event yesterday. I watched the Jordan Last Dance series last night, which we'll, we'll kind of dig into with Jeff tomorrow. But um, y- you know. It almost was like a weekend of sports. I mean, it was it was kind of weird. Was it more entertaining 
or more informative to you? I kept learning so much. Like one remark, uh, LSU has players on every team except four, and lo and behold, one of the four teams, I think it was the Texans maybe, uh, they draft an LSU player like the, the next time up. And just so much to learn. Uh, a big, you see the big uh, one guy, he he was a linebacker, or wait a minute, a safety maybe. And the language in his contract is apparently going to say, oh, it's okay if he cliff dives in Hawaii. Oh, and by the way, his hobby is petting sharks. They're nothing but big water dog puppies. Water dogs. Yeah, I mean maybe that's what that maybe that's what Ole Miss is now. Instead of the land sharks, we'll call them the land water dogs. I kind of treasure too many of these uh, ten things called fingers to uh, to pet sharks. Well, you, you know? can pet them on the back, just don't pet them on the mouth, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Those things move quickly. Oh, they twist Lord. and contort, and I, I don't trust them. I think I think it was a little of both. I. I like the entertainment value of what we saw. You know, I thought anytime you're seeing these guys that had worked hard for four years or three and, and they're getting that opportunity to go to the next level, that's entertaining to me. But, yeah, it was informative. You know, LSU drafted – had 15 players drafted, broke the record that Alabama had set just a few years ago. So that's that's interesting. That's it, It's another one of those that detailed why they were national champions a year ago. Uh, I like the, the pieces that came off the board on Friday – you know, T. Higgins going the first first pick in the second day to the Bengals. Loved young uh, local kids getting an opportunity to play at the next level, and I think that's a really good fit. Uh, Did you um, – you know what really been interesting? The number of times – oh, his uncle was a pro player. His grandfather was a pro player. His sister and cousin and brother <laughs> played at the same college, a different sport. Right. I've never seen so much uh, athletic DNA in my life as this draft. But was there any higher moment for you than when Jawan came off the board? Like, to me, it was a little bittersweet because I love the fact that he was drafted. I thought he had worked so hard to get there and done, and he gets drafted in the seventh round, but to the Niners. Like, I'm like – I don't know if that's a good place for him. I don't know if it's a good fit. I love that he's in the NFL, and, and you know what? If it, if it doesn't work out there, if he gets if he gets on a practice squad, he might could get get landed somewhere else. But this guy's going to work hard. He's going to battle these. Uh, I, I looked up their their roster. They've got like eleven receivers right now, vying for about six spots. Uh, he's going to have to do some work, but uh, I think you get you get Jawan Jennings in practice, and you see what Jawan Jennings is. It's hard to see him on film. Uh, of of a 40 time or of an agility drill but I think you see him against South Carolina you want that guy in your locker room you see him against uh you know anybody you see him against Florida in 2016 when he was smoking T's Tabor which by the way you know T's Tabor plays for the uh for the Niners you know number 31 for Florida 2016 oh excellent catch I did not know that and you know it said it's the first time a father and son's ever played on the same team before if the 49ers value leadership and strong hands, you know what? I was uh, I was really excited about every team that our uh, VFLs went to. I glanced over there and I looked at their guys. Then I looked at the team. And I'm like, all right. Mostly uh, they're a winner. Uh, two of our guys went to Seattle. They got some work to do. I, I was disappointed in their draft. Russell's been sacked like 48 times. And uh, – 
I don't I don't know. Pete Carroll, he was kind of a loner. He's like one of the only owners. I don't know if he had a no one admitted sign, but uh, he and John Elway were, were kind of the – I guess they focus when they're all alone. A little bit of questions about Pete's uh, picks. Well, well you got to stay six foot apart, but they just couldn't get in the camera at the same time. Well – but uh, he had a big old room with all those. Uh, he was in his kitchen, I'm pretty sure. Pete Carroll? Yeah, I think so. I think he had one of those, you know, those Sub-Zero refrigerators, you know, that can look like a cabinet. I think it's what he had. Oh, by the way, I did find out Jerry Jones was operating from his yachet. I mean, yacht. Apparently, his uh, brain waves are uh, really more solid on yeah. water because yeah. he had one <laughs> unbelievable draft. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, did you see what the they said? There was a meme that went out, and it was Jerry Jones on the phone. And it said, "Hey, uh, Eagles fans, do you want CD, CD Lamb?" Yeah, and uh, they were like, "Oh yeah, yeah." This is a meme, right? This is just a funny. And they were like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And it goes, "No, no, you're not going to CD Super Bowl." In a long time. Oh no! And I'm like, Cowboys need to, <laughs> they need to pump them brakes before they start a making. A little bit early about acting like. I mean, they haven't been to the playoffs since '97. I, I believe I'd back off on. Well, that. they ain't won a playoff game in a long time. Yeah, because Dak went the other year, and 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 Tony went the other year, and it's just like they show up and they forget what they're there to do. Hey Wayne, you know what? You know what drove me crazy? Tell me. The Chicago Bears have ten tight ends. What do they do? They jump out there and draft the Notre Dame tight end. Get another one. And they spend a ton of money signing uh, – who's our big boy? He used to play for uh, the Packers and Jimmy Graham. Oh, yeah. The, the Saints. Some of these people, I think the social distancing has distanced their brain from their body. Yeah. It's some really, really interesting moves. I, I just – you know, there's key things you look for. Do you, do you get value? In other words, oh, man, this – Everyone said this guy was going to go 10 players uh, earlier and he was still on the board when you got around like CD fell into the lap of the Cowboys. Do you feel a a need? Uh, There were a lot of teams, in my opinion, Wayne, they did did not really feel a need. I mean, uh, maybe they were just teased by uh, a person on the board still there. They felt like they had to have him. The Ravens knocked my socks out of the water. I mean, uh, you remember the one time when uh, Harbaugh jumped up and high-fived and Trey Wingo actually asked him, he said, uh, you, you you care if we ask you something? What was the deal going on there? And he goes, we actually had three players that we wanted to get in a special order, and we also kind of had a sneaky feeling Mr. Uh, Belichick wanted them. And we, when we got the first one, I got real excited, but I kind of held my aces close to my chest here. And he said, we actually end up getting all three of them. But uh, one of our guys, uh, was it Nigel Warrior that goes to him? Nigel Warrior? I believe it was. But yeah, he, he went he to drafted, the uh, You notice he drafted a lot of uh, Ohio State people, and he didn't want to mention that because, of course, his brother is Michigan's coach. <laughs> but I would say his brother would be really good at telling him which Ohio State players actually kill them. Right. I, I think that's a really good point. I, uh, you, you know, I thought the Ravens had a great draft. I, I thought they needed inside linebacker help, wide receiver, line help. 
and they got a little bit of all that. Running back J.K. Dobbins was a, was probably an outlier that they they picked up, but I mean, I, I don't think you can ever have enough firepower, especially when you've got Mark Ingram in the background to where you're. You, you don't know how much tread he's got left on the tires, but you, you insert a J.K. Dobbins who's explosive. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a guy who, who really uh, fell to him at 55. Uh, but then they also got defensive line help at, at uh, Justin Matabuki from Texas A&M, Devin DuVernay, uh, wide receiver from Texas, Malik Harrison, linebacker, Ohio State, and Tyree Phillips, offensive tackle, Mississippi State. Uh, they didn't have a really high draft pick, honestly. Uh, they, they, uh, you know, they, they had to get really uh, creative, and probably their board moved several times before they ever picked the first time. Uh, but I thought they did a really good job replacing pieces where there were whole, and uh, and honestly, getting really good talent out of this draft. Yeah, I I really envy these guys that are so strong. Um, they got some help for that awesome quarterback, and oh, and they got Patrick Queen, which oh. uh, people call uh, Lamar Jackson calls him Ray Lewis Junior. I feel yeah. like that's a heavy badge to be wearing early on. You know, there were a lot of people looking at that first pick, and and. The, you're not going to – well, you will believe it too, but there were some really high-name uh, NFL gurus saw the Packers do that first pick, and they said, all right, I give up F grade on the Packers. <laughs> but uh, that was bizarre. I I mean, um, I did learn something about the quarterback, though, Wayno. He um, – his junior year, he had a really great year, and his senior year, he lost all of uh, his three best wide receivers, his tight end, his offensive coordinator, and uh, he pretty much put every uh, aspect of the game on his shoulders. And it was a classic deal of uh, Jordan Love just trying to do way too much, and he ended up throwing two or three times the amount of picks he had. But uh, it was interesting watching the teams do one pick, and that pretty much kind of established whether you're going to snowball it or just go downhill. Like, here's my opinion. I, I thought the Packers kind of reached for – I thought they reached for, for Jordan Love a little bit right there. Uh, if you look at – Jordan Love was taken, and then Jalen Hurts was taken in the second round, and then it was a long time before the next big quarterback went. Jake Fromm, I think, was fifth round to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Jacob Eason was late to the to the to the Colts. Uh, I I think they could have probably because again Aaron Rodgers' big take has been he don't have anybody to throw to he exactly. Needs a, he give needs me a, give me some help. He needs a receiver. He needs a lot of different things. And there's a lot of guys out there. And and you know so I don't know if they just saw some guys that they didn't think were going to get drafted that they could get cheaper on the free agent or you know unrestricted kind of free agent deal. I don't know if that's their take or, or what was it, but I thought they reached for that quarterback in, in round one, especially trading up to get him. They were scared somebody else was going to get him. Well, I, I just – Here's, here's a, what killed me, Wayno, is they only have one good receiver and they need the number two desperately. And what do they do? They draft one wide receiver in the seventh round. What is wrong with them? It's free, they're looking at free agent moves is all I can explain it. I, I, don't, I don't know. But uh, who do you say? I, I think we agree that the Ravens probably had the best draft, right? Do you agree? Who do you think had the best draft? Um, it, everything I read is so weird. It's like 
everyone had a really good draft except for like five teams. I don't really buy into that. Um, well, I mean, I feel like they all got really good college players. <laughs> if the Ravens, the Jets, the Giants, um, the Cowboys, your Broncos. I read some things where uh, they had A+, Browns had A+, the Cards. Uh, See, it's funny. Mel Copper gave us a C+. plus. you believe that? Yeah, but I'll tell you, here, here's all you need to know. Mel's best on the board, right? Yeah. We saw that every day, and they would still be there and still be there and still be there. He he has these kind of superior ideas that don't always hatch out. You, you know who I thought had had I thought I thought the the uh, Ravens had the best draft. I, I'll give them that because I feel like there wasn't a draft pick that I could look at and question whether the need was met. You know what I'm saying? They they got some good SEC talent. They got some good Big Ten talent, and, and they're going to take that. And I thought they had one of the better drafts. You know who I thought was a dark horse best draft? Browns, Vikings, or Bengals? No. No? Colts. Really? And you know how much I really don't care for that front office, but I thought they really did a good job. If you look at their if you look at their draft class, I mean, honestly, Michael Pittman Jr. at pick 34 in round two, they didn't have a first-round pick. That was the steal. But you, there were so many wide receivers. In that's who the draft. Packers should have taken. Yeah. That's yeah. who the Packers should have taken. Did you see his stats? Yeah. Fred Bolitnikoff finalists. First team all um, conference, second team all American. You want to know what kept him out of kept him out of my number one spot? The uh, Colts. Yeah. Uh, See if you can two 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 needs that they did not fulfill. No, it was the Jonathan Taylor pick from Wisconsin. They picked Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin when J.K. Dobbins was on the board. Which one of those guys has really, really, really a lot of uh, miles on the tires? I mean, what Wisconsin running back doesn't have miles on the tires? To me, he's he's worn out. He, I mean, he's got some he's got some years left. He's not going to be a rookie flop. But Jonathan Taylor runs really hard. He's a he's a James Conner clone. He's one of those guys that that just really pours it to it. And and when and when he did that at Wisconsin, they'll let him. You know what I'm saying? He he ran the ball you know 30 plus times a game, and he's just he's just a little bit more seasoned than J.K. Dobbins would have been. It's not that he's a bad pick. I'm not trying to say that. I'm saying that with J.K. Dobbins on the board, it's hard for me to say I would have taken uh, Jonathan Taylor. But, a, again, a running back filled the need at that spot. They took some some safety help in Julian Blackman. Jacob Eason fell to him in the fourth round. Pick 122 overall. Our guy Justin Dunlap really wanted, really wanted Jacob Eason in this draft. For the Colts, and honestly, we thought they were going to take him first pick, second round. You know what I'm saying? First pick off the the board for the Colts, second round. We thought there goes Jacob Eason. They don't do it. Third round pick comes around. They don't do it. Justin's flat out going, okay. Well, we're just gonna we're gonna tank for uh, what is it? Lose? What is it? Uh, what's the quarterback at Clemson's name? Um. The one is coming out next year. Yeah, I call him Sunshine because he's got that long hair. Uh, Belichick is is after him. That's why Belichick did not draft a uh, quarterback this year. What is his uh, name? Lawrence? 
Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Lose for Lawrence is what he, he called. Oh, my gosh. He said, uh, he said, I guess we're in lose for Lawrence mode. Da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden here in the fourth round, Jacob Eason's still there. Jake Fromm's still there. And they, they pick him. Hey, Wayne, what was your take on them waiting, them spending 10 minutes? That, that beat all I'd ever seen. Uh, Eason goes in the fourth round to the Colts. Colts yeah. And then Fromm goes to the Bills. When Eason finally comes off there, uh, they analyze the pick for ten minutes. Do you, do you think that validates some uh, some Jacob Eason that he goes ahead of Fromm, considering Fromm's who kicked him out of Georgia? I think it's so complicated. It would be like the most difficult question if you and I sat here right now, and and we both said this guy's going to be better of the two. Who's going to be in a higher position five years from now? It's just so intriguing, intertwined. There were so many factors. Um, well, who, the weird, the weird thing is, is Fromm from is super, super good at people skills, and that hurt him by this uh, lockdown. Now, can he take those people skills and translate it to the field and be a natural leader and everybody look up to him and take off? You know what I think? Uh, I think he had about a four-inch difference in what was his – what his difference was in this draft. I think his height really hurt him. You know what I'm saying? I, I think he had some tools. He did some nice things. But between what he did at the combine and then what uh, people look at and see the the trajectory of, of that body type, it, it's just one of those it's, – it's hard to take a risk on. That's why he fell to the fifth round. Well, they I, had a box, and it said size. No one checked it. I mean, you want to check by it, right? And then they had a box arm strength. The box was blank. But uh, yeah, I think he's one of those winners. You know, he's he's a guy that can go in there and get some things done. He's a he's a uh, I'm a name losing kind of guy today. Gardner Minshew. He's he's a Gardner Minshew kind of quarterback. Yeah. I think at the next level, he's a guy who's uh, not always. When you look at the the box score and you look, say it's going to be. Let's just say he's for the Bills right now. You say he's going to come in and and he's going up against the Ravens. Are you going to pick Jake Fromm over Lamar Jackson? No. I mean, even are you going to pick Jake Fromm over Dwayne Haskins at at the Redskins? It's going to be hard, right? Uh, he's just possibly. He, he's just a guy that that's going to have to fight uphill for a little bit. I mean, there's not going to be a lot of Baker Mayfields, and he's in that mold, so he's going to have to fight out of it. But but Boone, we got to get to a break. We went through a third of this show, and uh, we're still talking about the winners of the draft. Let's uh let's take a break. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, I want to talk about Daryl Taylor. He's first vol to come off the board, but not the only one to come off the board. Had a couple vols come off the board and a couple sign post-draft. We'll talk about all the vols, where they landed, and some open guys that still need a place to land. We'll talk about it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKBL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. 
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. The Blunt Partnership is committed to leading the Blunt County business community through this coronavirus outbreak. We will continue to be a resource for all businesses, as well as supplying up-to-date information for our community. Please check out our website for updated information at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Your local Blount County Community Food Connection is still open serving local families in time of need and hardship. We provide prepackaged groceries to help meet your nutritional and dietary needs. The Community Food Connection is open Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. until noon for drive-up delivery only. Residents are asked to remain in their vehicle so that our volunteers may safely distribute the food. Directions as to how to enter and depart the facility will be clearly displayed. We thank you for your cooperation and look forward to serving you at your Blount County Community Food Connection. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Monday edition. Boone, we uh, we got to some uh, we got to some winners there and uh, had to kind of move on, but uh, don't want to go without saying my, I thought my Broncos did a really good job. I'm always pessimistic because I feel like that does me better uh, because I can uh, I can always look back and say, well, you know, I kind of. I didn't know about that. When you're pessimistic, when you're pessimistic, you get to be surprised by the uh, the developments later on. So that's a smart move on your part. Well, I like Judy. I think that's a really good good addition to uh, to Cortland Sutton and and to some other pieces that were already there on the receiving core. I think Drew Locke's going to have a nice 
nice piece of work there to be done. Uh, and, and you know what? I think they uh, they addressed some needs, again, that they, they needed in the secondary uh, in different places. So I, I like what my Broncos did. I don't know that I thought they, they just had a, a can't-miss draft, but I thought they had a, they had a pretty good draft. So um, all, I, always going to uh, be tough on them. I was really surprised, Wayno, that, that Sami – teams had a good draft except the Bears, Seattle, Texans, the Pats, and the Packers. And somebody's got a lot of nerve just totally writing off the Pats. Oh, you know who else the Broncos got? Uh, Late. Seventh round, pick 252. What position? Wide receiver. They took four or three wide receivers in this draft. They're determined to, to match up that speed. Which guy was it? Tyree Cleveland from Florida. You remember who Tyree Cleveland is? I'm sure we have a history with him at Tennessee. He may be that guy that got that 70-yard bomb, Hail Mary, to beat Tennessee. So I I still don't like him. I feel like he's still not going to be the jersey I purchased, but I do think that uh, they got some speed right there. They got a guy that can get downfield. And with with an arm like Drew Locke, yeah, you got to like what you get there. But but Boone, let's jump to the Vols. I I think we got to spend some really good time here. On what has happened, the fit, the function that these guys are going to sit in. Uh, first guy off the board for Tennessee, the 48th overall pick to the Seattle Seahawks, Daryl Taylor. Daryl Taylor, edge rusher, defensive end uh, for Tennessee, and and the first ball off the board here in 2020. What did you think about? Did you think he was going to go that high? And then honestly, do you like the fit in Seattle? I love the fit. I did not think he was going to go that high, but I was like you and your your thoughts with uh, the Broncos. I mean, I'm sitting there hoping. I give a lot of respect and character to a guy that dominates certain games, and it's really tough SEC foes. Everything I read, the specialist on the NFL said Seattle messed up. They reached. Wayne, if you if you studied the film work, and he brings it, he doesn't stop. He plays every down, and he's there. Who cares if, if you jumped out eight picks early or 12 picks early? If he's the man, you grab him. And I, I've just seen uh, him save games on the line, and it showed a lot him coming back for the extra year. I think one season he had like uh, eight sacks, and another one he had eight and a half. And there was a lot going on at Tennessee at the time. Uh, Troubling quarterback play, troubled offensive line with holes. The defense had to stay out there. And uh, I think it's a good pick simply because of his caliber of competition against top-notch SEC teams. Well, I like the fit because, you know, he has that Legion of Boom mentality. And, you know, I think he can come in and and be kind of that rough player. I mean – there's no secret. If you remember the battle at Bristol, his his famous quote, famous is probably a little heavy, but uh, is the TG, WGWTFA. And I'll let anybody out there figure those letters out. But he said they were going to win. That was what he was talking about. And and that was kind of his mentality for his time at Tennessee is he was going to bring it every week. He was going to push the issue. He was going to get in there. And if the, if the quarterback held the football too long, I'm going to eat you up. I mean that's his mentality. He's a nasty, he's a nasty brand of player. I wouldn't say he's a dirty player, but he's that he's that dog that you want on the defensive end. And Jeremy Pruitt's a really high on Daryl Taylor. And 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 Jeremy Pruitt, 
I understand that you kind of have to have a token respect for every player that's in the draft. Yeah, he's a, he's one of the better ones that come out of here, and that's kind of a, a, a slogan more so than it is an actual comment. But Jeremy Pruitt's seen a lot of defense, and for him to be high on Daryl Taylor made me high on Daryl Taylor. And uh, and so when he got picked 48th, uh, you heard the, the, the little thing from uh, – from Pete Carroll saying we were sweating it out. We knew you were – we wanted you to be there. We didn't know if you were going to be there, and we jump up and got you. Uh, did you see that we traded up to get you? And he said, yes, sir. And and so it, it was a moment to where things were realized that Daryl Taylor's a really good football player. And I think that's what I hope Seattle saw in Daryl Taylor was, you know what, in a team that wasn't always great. I mean, you look at this team – Two years ago, even first two games of this very season a year ago, this team was really bad, and Daryl Taylor looked good. You know what I'm saying? It was a Derek. I don't want to say he's a Derek Barnett player because Barnett went in the top, you know, top ten. Right. But at the same rate, I mean, he was that diamond in the rough. He was a guy that that showed out even when the team wasn't showing out. He he came in, came to work, and did what he needed to do, and I think he was rewarded for that uh, on on Friday. But he played behind uh, Derek Barnett. Here's what I'm excited about. I mean, you look at all the players he played around. He played around Kyle Phillips, who yep. was drafted a year ago. He played around Derek Barnett. He played around Jonathan Kongbo. I mean, and, and again, all of those names other than than Derek Barnett are are comparable. But at the same rate, he you see all that different skill set. All three of those guys that I mentioned are completely different. You know he, what I'm saying? He came in uh, two twenty. He was skinny. Totally red shirt his first year. You remember him against Georgia Tech that that first game a couple years ago, yeah. When he had like three sacks and and he had like I think he had uh, like four tackles for loss. I mean he had I think he had nineteen tackles solo tackles. career game. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm really excited about Wayne is he gets to play Bobby Wagner, Seahawks linebacker. If if a year goes by, he's an All Pro. I mean he's a surefire Hall of Famer. Taylor gets to watch him in practice and uh, model his game after him, learn leadership skills from him. Of course, uh, Wagner's in the middle, and they'll probably use uh, Taylor as, as an edge rusher, but that's what excites me. Yeah, I, I read all the, the, the commentary talking about how it was a reach and whatnot, but you know what? Sometimes you gotta, you got to reach out there. you got to do what you got to do and, uh, and get what you need to get. And, and I thought – I love the fit. I love that a Tennessee player went and and just kind of critiquing Seattle's draft. Uh, they had eight draft picks. They took four four people out of the Southeastern Conference. You think that's by chance? Which I'll say it, it's hard not to take them out of the Southeastern Conference. If you look at the the conference breakdown uh, for for this year's draft, uh, the Southeastern Conference broke the record again for for number of players drafted. It was. It, it was amazing. I'm pretty sure you could fill a 54-man roster off of uh, uh, SEC players. Well, they're going to criticize Pete for not drafting more offensive linemen to help Russell with the high sack number. He said, that's why I, I, I got a quarterback that could run. I don't need that. Yeah. I'm just it, I mean, it compliments Daryl Taylor. It also shows, I mean, free agency and, and still some uh, trades with teams. These, these teams have uh, cards up their sleeves that they're not playing, but Big compliment for Daryl Taylor and well-deserved for the hard work. We were so close to just tanking for the season. In the Kentucky game, South Carolina game, I mean, game savers. So proud of him. 
So another vol that got off the board there uh, on on Saturday, uh, one of the later rounds, uh, was Juwan Jennings. San Francisco took him in the seventh round, 217th overall pick, Juwan Jennings, wide receiver, University of Tennessee. I don't know that I, I was any more happy about anything the Broncos did, any more happy about anything that, that, that came from Daryl Taylor or what have you. I was just really excited because, you know, this was a guy that, that if everybody remembers that uh, uh, a certain interim coach, Brady Hoke, kicked off the football team. And, and, you know, I think that's what made him fall to this point, and I think that's one of the attributes that, that got him down here in the seventh round. Was And he, they even said it when he was picked, said he had problems with two different coaching staffs. Yeah, two. He, he gave him one compliment, and then Trey Wingo's very next comment was he had uh, – Problems with not one but two different coaching situations. So they come must, on, Trey, talk about his hail marys and they must have meant hands. Uh, they must have meant Butch Jones and Brady Hoke. That's all I can think of because you talk about somebody who was in love with him, Jeremy Pruitt. Jeremy Pruitt's been around a lot of great football players, and he said he's one of the guys that he'd have on a team if he only had a few picks. Hey, yeah. I have a problem with Butch Jones and Brady Hoke. I do too. <laughs> A lot of stuff came out about Bush that we did not know. Yeah, like the monthly payment. That's one of my biggest problems. But anyway, anyway, I digress. But you look at Jawan Jennings. He's part of a draft class that was a little slim for the San Francisco 49ers. Didn't have a ton of picks, but they got some defensive line help, some offensive line help, and then some pass catchers. They got Braden Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State, and then they got Charlie Warner uh, tied in from Georgia, and then they got Jawan Jennings uh, from Tennessee. So – I like I told you, I think off the air and, and maybe early on, sometimes I question. I was really excited that he got drafted because, again, that's a great story. He's a kid from Blackman uh, that came to Tennessee as a, as a quarterback, turned wide receiver, turned superstar at Georgia as a sophomore. And then you never, and then as the, the, the season progressed and as his career unfolded, uh, just continued to become more of that hungry football player that you love to watch. But, but for him to get drafted, that was a big moment. But San Francisco, the landing spot. Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback. Uh, you, you know, the, all the pieces. They they went to the Super Bowl. The whole the whole deal. Uh, what do you What do you take away from this? Is this a good landing spot for him, or would he have been better off had he not been drafted and got to sign where he wanted to play? Wayno, well, 49ers gave up plural picks to get that left tackle Trent Williams. That solidifies Garoppolo's ability to move that ball around. All right, you're short on picks, okay? And then you make sure that in the seventh round, you grab this Hail Mary guy, Jawan Jennings. That tells me a lot. They wanted him even though they were short on picks. I love the landing spot. He just needs to go in there with a monster work ethic and make the team – and then slowly develop and move up. Yeah, I think this could be very much one of those situations where you look back and, and, and this guy's one that, you know, maybe the first year doesn't see a lot of playing time practice squad guy, but then by year two and three while he's finishing up his rookie deal, he's either trade bait to a really good team or he's a, he's a guy that's that's finally made this roster. Jalen Hurd is on this roster. He's a wide receiver on this team, so they'll be in the same room. Tease Tabor's a defensive back on this team, so there'll be some good conversation there. Awesome. So I think I think Jawan has no shortage of uh, uh, of reasons to want to be 
to play really hard and work really hard. It'll be interesting to see what he does going cross country. Uh, you know, he's always been just a few hours from home, even at his college stop. So uh, we'll see how that shakes out. But I'm excited uh, for anybody who can get their name called on draft weekend. But those are the two that came off the board in the seven rounds that was allotted for, for each team. But there were several Vols post-draft that had destinations figured out, signed up, and ready to go. One of those being uh, Marquez Callaway, uh, signed with the Saints. Honestly, he could have got drafted and not landed at a, be- at a better spot. To me, this is a, a, a primo spot for Marquez Callaway. And the reason I say that is is he doesn't have to try to go in and, and win the number one spot. That's Michael Thomas. That spot's, that spot's taken. From a financial standpoint and from a, uh, an output standpoint, Michael Thomas is your guy in, in, in New Orleans. But you get, to, you get to play with Drew Brees. You get to play with Alvin Kamara. You get to be there for, for what is a really top-notch organization, top-notch offense in Sean Payton's kind of development. And uh, you know what? When you need a guy to go high point one, no, there's no one better than Marquez Callaway. And I, I love what, what he's going to be able to do there. And I hope, you know, signing as an unrestricted free agent, that makes him a little hungry. And he's, uh, he's going to have to go, uh, go earn it. And I'll, we'll see what that does. You couldn't ask for a better football mind. Sean Payton, just people person, teaches you. So you totally grasp the concepts. I, I loved his uh, inventive mind. And, hey, we're talking about another Georgia guy. He was uh, third best athlete, 13th best in the state of Georgia. That's where all the players are. 106 nationally. And we don't, we don't win that Kentucky game without his Hail Mary. So uh, I think it's – I, I love the pick. Yeah, I thought I thought it was fantastic. I, I really like uh, what, what, what that does for him. Uh, another guy that that got signed post post draft, Nigel Warrior signed with the Ravens. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the same franchise that his dad played for. Uh, of course, his dad probably played for uh, for. Did he play for the Browns or was it the Ravens as well? Um, his dad was with the Chiefs. For I mean, he was famous with the Chiefs. Uh, you know what's interesting? We had Dale three years. He really, really peaked out his senior year and was an All American. And the same thing happened with Nigel. Nigel became an All-SEC player. He didn't quite get to the All-American level, and uh, I'm excited that uh, he's a late bloomer like his dad, just uh, didn't lead the the nation in kickoff returns and wasn't the first-team All-American. But I like like the place he landed. Yeah, I think Baltimore's a great spot because, I mean, he's that kind of player, a little ball hawk, a little little take some chances when you need to. And that's kind of where he's going to fit. And, uh, you, you know, Nigel Warrior's a, a guy that's come on as of late. I thought Jeremy Pruitt's tutelage the last couple of years at that defensive back position really elevated his game. Absolutely. And, and I think people's going to see that. I think they're going to see that as he continues to develop. Uh, he's not He's not the biggest guy and maybe not the fastest guy, but you're going to have a hard worker on your hands when hey, you get Nigel Warrior. You know what they really love? The NFL charts these things, and he had uh, 70 tackles. And now those uh, there were three missed tackles. That's pretty good. I'm not a math major or anything, but only missing three out of 70 tackles, that's the kind of guy you want there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Dom Woods Anderson, uh, he signed with the uh, Seattle Seahawks undrafted free agent. Uh, Dominic Woods Anderson, he's a – He's a guy who needs to work on his hands. He needs to work on how he can uh, can do the job. But I think he's got to get in there and first and foremost 
be a blocking tight end. I think he's got to show that he can work really hard, and then he's got to work on those hands because he very much. I mean, he's a he's a uh, all show no go at this moment. He looks the part. I mean, he looks like a, a, a Jimmy Graham clone. He looks like a guy that's going to go out there and, and be a pass catching tight end, and then just. For whatever reason, uh, when the moments came, the hands were, were a little hard. So he's going to have to work on that. But I like where he landed. Uh, I think the Seattle Seahawks uh, are a place to where they use the tight end in, in some form or fashion. And, you know, you kind of talk about not getting any offensive line help. Uh, maybe they're going to use Don Woods Anderson as that uh, dual tight ends kind of blocking tight end. You know, he, he played for Arizona Western. Uh, he was a JUCO, and he played in that national championship game. I think Pete Carroll really did his homework, Wayno, and uh, when he came here, he, he comes in with uh, Pruitt in 2017. We had a poor offensive line. We had terrible quarterback play, and uh, the first pass we threw him was a touchdown. And I remember getting all excited, but our offensive line was so bad, they realized if we don't keep Dom Woods in, Wood in to block, we're destroyed. And – we kept him in and we blocked and but then he started developing as a really great run blocker and then on passes if the ball wasn't coming to him he was a super good blocker he didn't complain i i think they just know the uh the background that he's had to deal with he's a super athlete he runs really good routes i would not be surprised if he makes this team I, yeah, I think I think he can he can definitely get on there. And and in a tight end spot, I mean, look at Luke Stocker. Look at a, a couple of these other guys we've put in the league. Uh, if you work hard, you can you can stick around because they need the uh, the the amount of of good tight ends in the league have have uh, dwindled. Let's just say that there's some really good ones in Zach Ertz and 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 guys like that. But uh, the longevity of a really good tight end is 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 kind of one that you got to keep up on. But and Seattle's biggest woe is offensive line. He's going to make them stronger. Yeah. I keep an eye on this guy. Absolutely, one guy that has not signed yet, Daniel Batuli. I think his knees are are kind of the big question. Uh, I think people are going to ask a bunch of questions. Need some clearance before uh, before they want to go there. But this guy's going to be a steal wherever he goes to. The longer he waits, the more I want the Broncos to say, "Hey, we took AJ Johnson. Why not go out there and get?" Uh, Daniel Batuli. He's but a tackling machine. Here's some numbers for you, Boone, as we go out to our last break of the day to remember if you're a big Orange fan. 372. What number is that, you ask? Tennessee's updated total of all-time NFL draft picks, 372. 81. Tennessee's NFL draft picks since the year 2000. And then 59. That's what we have to look forward to. 59 are players coached by Jeremy Pruitt that have been drafted into the NFL. So uh, that's, uh, I would say, the majority being on the defensive side, of course, since he's only had a couple years as a head coach. But nonetheless, Juwan Jennings counts in that list. And, of course, Daryl Taylor. What's number 11? What do you mean? What's number 11? Related to Tennessee. Wide res- well, that's more than that now. It's 12 now. Wide receivers taken since the year 2000. First round. First round wide receivers. 11. Oh, okay. Leaders in the nation. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. It's what Tennessee is, wide receiver you. And how long have we been down? And still number one in that category. But, Boone, let's take our last break of the day. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, start, bench, cut, post-NFL draft. We'll sit here and see if we can crank it out, grind it out for 14 more minutes. We'll talk it all on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming 
at WKVL.com. We'll be back. You don't want to miss it. is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Rural King is honored to continue serving our communities by providing essential products for our farms, families, and homes. You can buy online at RuralKing.com and pick it up at the store. And we're taking extra steps to provide a safer shopping experience for you and our associates. Rural King is open every day from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. with the first hour reserved for our most at-risk customers. Please remember to practice social distancing. Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. This announcement from the Knox Area Rescue Ministries. Carm Stores is taking action to protect donors, customers, volunteers, and team members amidst the COVID-19 situation. In accordance with Executive Order 23 by the Governor of Tennessee, all donation centers and retail operations are closed until the order has expired. Please keep all your items for donation until our donation locations are able to reopen. Your continued support is essential to helping us continue to serve the homeless and those in need in the Knox area. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. A public service from your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation and the Blunt County Public Library. Despite restrictions due to the COVID-19 pandemic, many public libraries are continuing to serve their communities in partnership with the Tennessee State Library and Archives, offering several online resources for learning at home, research, and entertainment. Through curbside pickup services, some libraries are loaning out books and materials after sanitizing them following CDC guidelines and letting them sit at least 24 hours before lending them again. In Maryville, children can attend story time with songs and a 
simple crafting project by Facebook Live. Many libraries are still offering free Wi-Fi and patrons can access the internet on their smartphone, laptop, or tablet from the safety of their car in the library's parking lot. Libraries are also waiving overdue fines for anyone unable to return books and materials. For more information about the Blunt Library, the programs and services, call 865-982-0981 or visit the website at bluntlibrary.org. A public service from your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation and the Blunt County Public Library. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Monday edition. Start bench cut, Boone. We're going to jump right into it. About eight minutes to go. We're going to have to trim her down. Best fit of the first round of the NFL draft. Burrow to the Bengals. Henry Ruggs to the Raiders. Or Jerry Judy to the Broncos. Start bench cut. I'm going to start Jerry Judy. I'm going to bench Burroughs. I'm going to cut Ruggs until he proves he can run really good routes. I, I'm going to I'm going to look a little different on that. I, I think I'm actually going to, as far as best fit, there ain't really anybody that doesn't fit in Cincinnati right now. There's enough holes. I mean, it's a Swiss cheese organization at the moment, but I'm going to go Burrow to the Bengals was a, a decent fit. I mean, it's it's one of those they needed a franchise player, and based on his uh, his performance a year ago, uh, he's a franchise kind of guy. So, Burrow to the Bengals. I'm going to go Judy on my bench, Judy to the Broncos, just because that's who I wanted the whole draft. And then when he was there at 15, we didn't have to move up. We didn't have to give up anything. And I think he's he's the uh, he's the more complete receiver of the bunch. And I'm going to cut rugs to the Raiders. Honestly, speed does kill. And I think you look at some of Tennessee's teams in the 90s, we use that mantra. But we also – you needed hands. You needed to run good routes. And, uh, and honestly – in in a in an organization in the Raiders that uh, you know I think uh, Carr needs some some help. He needs to know where that receiver is going to be when they get there, and I think it's going to be an interesting uh, dynamic when they jump from one to one. But Boone, next one on the list, who will still be with their franchise in five years? Guys that were drafted over the weekend: AJ Dillon with the Packers, Cam Akers with the LA Rams, or DeAndre Swift with the Lions. Running back is a position that that a lot of times the average career is three, three and a half years. Do you see any of these three guys being that long-term guy? Start bench cut, who's still there in five years? This is a tough one. Why in the world the Packers drafted A.J. Dillon when they had those two really good running backs? Well, over the last few years, I think they've been shell-shocked by not having one and having to play a receiver at at the running back position. They're not going to let that happen again. And another thing is the Rams are in that NFC West. Man, it is so tough. Uh, Our our good Georgia boy running back, he didn't quite make it. I'm going to do this. DeAndre Swift, I'm going to start. I'm going to bench Cam Akers and A.J. Dillon – Jones, who's the other one? 
Jones is uh, the bell cow for the Packers, and he's got the other guy on the bench. Dylan, uh, I mean, he's going to get a good luck early, but he may end up on a practice squad for a while. I think you're on to something there, Boone. I think with the exit of or with the, the landing of DeAndre Swift, the Lions organization throws the football more than they run it. I think he's going to catch it out of the backfield, not have to pound it up in the middle a whole ton. So I like him as my start. Cam Akers is going to be on the bench. And the reason I say that is because I think he's going to be asked to play early because Melvin Gordon's gone and he's going to be a guy that, that needs to step in. Or I'm ta- sorry, Todd Gurley is gone. Uh, I think he's going to be one that has to step in and play early. And like you said, A.J. Dillon, he may not start for this team. I said with this franchise in five years. He may be in the league in five years, but I don't think he's with the Packers. So that's my start bench cut. And then let's finish off with who did best in the NFL's draft for the traditional NFL powers. And I know this was hard to cut to three because that third spot, you can count a lot of different people. But who did best in draft 2020? The Cowboys, the Steelers, or the Niners, and why? Um, Is this start bench cut or is it discussion? What's that? Yeah, start bench cut. Okay. Uh, obviously, I'm going to start the Cowboys. Steelers did not, did not have a good draft at all. Uh, they're out of the picture. So I'm going to start the Cowboys. I'm going to bench the 49ers, even though they were shorter because they picked up uh, that left tackle. And I'm going to cut the Steelers. Oh. They, they uh, I mean, look at their moves. They had two good moves, and I just didn't like uh, the, the rounds they picked people. I think they reached. That's where I'm going. Cow- so you're starting the Cowboys – benching the Niners and cutting the Steelers. Well, I, I've got to start the Cowboys. I think, you know, C.D. Lamb and some pieces that they they acquired early in the draft kind of set them apart in the traditional powers, if you will. But if you look at it, we talked about the uh, the, the the Niners and how they've got Jawan Jennings, and they only had five draft picks and, and the, the whole deal there. But when you look at the Steelers, when you look at the Steelers draft, I mean, it's it's one of those that they, they had some holes. I thought they needed to look to Big Ben's replacement, but maybe they have some confidence in Mason Rudolph. But Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame was their first pick out in the second round, 49th overall. Then they went linebacker, running back, waited all the way to pick 135 before they found a Ramon Foster replacement. And then, you know, Antoine uh, Brooks Jr. and Carlos Davis there at the end. Uh, two Maryland players usually doesn't bode well, so I'm going to I'm gonna kind of stay with you. I'm going to start the Cowboys. I'm going to bench the Niners because they took my boy Juwan Jennings, and I'm going to cut the Steelers. I thought maybe they fill holes that I'm not seeing, cause, and maybe we'll see some black and yellow glasses come in here tomorrow on Tuesday with Jeffy Mack, but – I just think Pittsburgh uh, could have could have splashed a little bit more, and maybe they'll do so in free agency. But uh, they could have splashed a little bit more, could have done a little bit more, and uh, and left some questions out there on the table. So yes, yeah, start the Cowboys, bench the Niners, and cut the Steelers. It's going to be interesting how Chase Claypool, the wide receiver they love from Notre Dame, um, like his size six four two thirty eight, but he only ran a four point four, and only. Uh, 13 TDs last year wasn't too bad. The He he had a really strong combine, and uh, Steelers fell in love with him. But it's going to be interesting 
and it's, see if he plays out. And it's not all about drafting Power 5 conference players, but if you look at their draft, if that means anything, then that's why they got cut. Uh, they drafted uh, two Maryland players and a Nebraska player, and then Notre Dame, and then Charlotte, and then the University of Louisiana, not LSU. Louisiana. Why so, did they go to those schools? I don't know. I, well, I mean, I don't know that that dictates a lot. I mean, a player's a player, but and I think maybe bargain hunting was a little bit on the on the table. But uh, we'll just see. We'll see. They they seem to find some diamonds in the rough from time to time as well. Boom. Well, Ravens, uh, the Browns, and the Bengals all had super drafts compared to the Steelers. We'll see if it shakes out on the football field. Hopefully, we see them on the football field here in 2020. That's still to be had, but. The NFL Draft is in the books, and we've ground on it, is that a thing, for about an hour. We'll check on out, let Jason Swain hit it for a few, and we'll be back tomorrow. You don't want to miss it, but if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on.